We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Pinto. Are we still live? Build 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68 after dark. Welcome in to another edition of Field of 68 after dark. It is February 12th, 2024. Uh, It is the first Monday uh, after the conclusion of the NFL season, which means a lot of new eyeballs going to be on college basketball. Uh, And we look forward to uh, obviously taking you through the season here. You can catch us on on SiriusXM. You can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Stadium, YouTube. We are everywhere here on After Dark. I'm John Martin, joined tonight by Jeff Goodman by Matt McCall, uh, and it is Monday. You know what that means. It is overreaction Monday. We're proud that Jeff Goodman has now gone two weeks without an incident. Uh, I think we're at two weeks officially, Jeff. <laughs> it was quiet. It was it was quiet yeah. last week, John. It was quiet. Yeah, but it is overreaction Monday, so that record is going to absolutely be put to the test. And I got a beer in front of me, so anything could happen tonight. Anything. What do you got there? Is that oh, an Allagash White? That's like a New England. Allagash like White, baby. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's like straight New yes. England. I thought, I thought it was a twist. New England. It's like, can I, can I get a Coors Light, please? No, we don't have that here. Just Allagash White. Allagash. That's right. I don't miss yeah, that. Yeah. So, uh, Goodman, do you have like a limit, by the way? Do you have like a cutoff for yourself? Like, I'll only, you know, three beers while I'm on camera. No, you know what I, I did? Seriously, this is a true story. Years ago, um, you know, I was out uh, drinking on like an off night of the NCAA tournament somewhere, an off night watching games, and I had too many beers. And something happened. I don't remember what a coach got. I think I broke some coach getting fired or hired. And next thing you know, a sports center's like, hey, can you come on? I'm like, well, not video, but I can come on audio if you want. And uh, it was it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Even audio. Yeah, you gotta you gotta turn those down, brother. You gotta you gotta decline those opportunities when the libations have been flowing. Uh, listen, we have a lot to get to on the show, and we will, of course, 
get to overreaction Monday. We got some juicy items in there as well, so you will definitely want to stay tuned for those. But let's kind of work in chronological order as uh, Kansas is currently getting the shit beat out of them, 77 to 48 in prime time there in Lubbock. Uh, but Duke, Jeff Goodman, took care of business tonight uh, over Wake Forest, 77 to 69. Um, it, r- relative to, you know, it was obviously a very close game. Wake Forest, uh, big man got in foul trouble. But did, did Duke show you anything differently tonight in terms of finding a way to win when the three is not falling? Um, not really. I mean, again, that's a game they should win even ugly. And, um, you know, it wasn't, it was ugly in the first half, but then they started to get going. And again, you know, when you have Mark Mitchell, Filipowski, McCain, all three of them, and Mark Mitchell's huge for them because he just gives them that energy that, you know, Jay Will was complaining at halftime, how lethargic they looked, how bad on defense. And I looked up, I'm like, yeah, but they've only given up like 27 points at the half. I, I know their defense have been matadorish at times, but they'd only given up 27 points at half to wake. And they kind of, they got going on the offensive end. That was the bigger thing for me is, you know, mm-hmm. this team has a lot of weapons and you just don't find them clicking on all cylinders. And Filipowski, while he's had a very good year, he hasn't been nearly as dominant as a lot of people thought he'd, he'd be this season. Mark Mitchell's been huge. Uh, obviously, Roach has given them exactly what they need. And Jared McCain's been clearly their, their best freshman and a guy that can go for 20 on any given night. Tonight, he went for 17. So um, if they can get Proctor going consistently, I still think this is a team that can make a run in March. Yeah, Matt, where are you? Because they've now obviously won uh, three in a row, five out of six, six out of seven, actually. Um where are you on this Duke team and sort of what they've been putting together the last few weeks? Yeah, I thought this was a really weirdly officiated game, too. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I thought there was a complete lack of consistency by the officials. You had TV Teddy on the game. We are, always know yep. there's going to be some theatrics there. I mean, you had veteran officials, Lee Castle. There'll be no <laughs> criticizing of TV Teddy on this, on this show. <laughs> I went out with TV Teddy. For dinner in Charleston a few weeks ago. I love TV uh, Teddy. I'm wife. not criticizing. You're not taking any shots at TV Teddy. I'm not criticizing. It was it was, it was a poorly officiated game though. Matt's exactly it was, right. It was, Matt, it, it, I just it was not great. I thought it was just just it lacked consistency. Let's just put it exactly that right. way. You know, Wake Forest shoots 13 free throws. Duke shoots 25. I just thought the officiating was a little bit all over the place. Uh, but to Jeff's point, you know, if this team can get Proctor going, mm-hmm. it, it changes the team. I mean, he goes 0 for 5, 0 for 4 from 3, doesn't score a field goal in 25 minutes of action. You know, that's a that's a, that's a a different – he's a difference maker if they can get him going. Yes. I thought this was a game for Wake Forest where, hey, man, if he can – if they can win this game, if Steve Forbes can win this game, it gets them in the field, it gets them in the tournament, no question about it. They've been on the bubble, and they had their chances. Yep. They were right there. You know, I don't think the score is an eight-point game, but I don't think it was really, you know, indicative of how, of how close this game really was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Duke took care of business on, on Big Monday, and um, they got to just find a way to, 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 to get Proctor going. I will say one thing – Jeff, that maybe did concern me a little bit is, I mean, Efton Reed came into this game with four fouls. 
like before the game even started. They had he he had four fouls, so like he could not even play really uh, because he in all seriousness he had three you know with like nine minutes left in the first half. And when he was in, I don't I don't know what the the, the plus minus was, but it felt like when he was in, that was a completely different game. Um, and you just wonder like for Duke. You know, if they are in a in a game where the you know we saw it a little bit with Baycott, right? If they if the other team has a super talented big man, Duke is going to have a hard ass time. Well, here's the problem again: they don't really have a five, and they try to get one in the portal, and they never really were able to secure somebody. So now it's Filipowski and Ryan Young at the five. So there's just not that rim protection uh, that you have. Right. But like you you said, I mean, Efton Reed. I couldn't believe Forbes left him in the game. Two fouls, I think literally in the first like eight minutes, of he's back in the game, like midway through the first half. And I know coaches are different, and Forbes I'm sure is like, hey, you know what? We're not hanging around without Efton Reed. We, we got to have him just to be in the game at halftime. McCall, were you shocked that Forbes went with him that early with two fouls? Yeah, and then when he picked up his fourth, I mean, what was that? They had like 18 minutes to go in the second half. I mean, it was it was early in the second half. You're almost like, hey, do you sit him until the 15 minute mark if things start to get out of control or, or you know out of your hands? Then maybe put him back in there. When he picked up his fourth, I was kind of sitting there going, man, I I can't believe he he's in the game right now and he picked up his fourth. But I do think Forbes is probably sitting there saying, hey, look, this is a big game for us. And we got to find a way to win this game, and I'm not going to sit him. I'm going to play him. I mean, eight points, four rebounds, three for six from the field, and only 15 minutes. I, I agree with John. I, I think the outcome of this game could have been different had he not been in such foul trouble. And it goes back to my point of just the lack of consistency by the officials in this game. <clears throat> hey, what, yeah, was, it, what, and, uh, what was your mentor, your mentor Billy Donovan's rule on two fouls? Oh, he, I mean, two, they're out. I don't ever right. remember Billy playing in the first half with two fouls. I don't ever remember it. Like, I can't, I, 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 honestly, I, I don't did remember. You follow? I was did you, the same, did you unless, him? again, if you're, if you're getting run out of the building and your best players right. on the bench, putting them back in the game, I mean, it's like, all right, man, we, you know, in, in the second to half, too, like, I always had a rule, like, if a guy picks up a third early in the second, we're going to take him out. And if we could keep it within like a four to six point range, like if we could keep yeah. it within that range, I'm sitting him there until we get under 10 minutes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting him there. And then now I'm going to put him back into the game. It, like, like four to six points was always the range that I would try to keep things in. And if it got out of control, then, then you have to put him back in the game. Uh, real, real quick here, Matt, on Wake Forest, John Shire said after the game that he feels like that's an NCAA tournament team. I think if I think they're in if it started today, but obviously they still have a little work to do. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where you are on them, but I mean, they also shot six of 26 from three, which they're not going to do, you know, for most games. They're a good shooting team. First four out right now uh, at, at our field of 68 bracket. So obviously on the bubble, have work to do. But in terms of, you know, the damage this team might be able to do if it gets there, Matt, like they have pieces with what Salas did tonight, with the way they can shoot the ball. Like I could see Wake Forest getting hot in March. 
Yeah, I agree with you, John. And I think that they have a favorable schedule coming up. I mean, their next game, they're at Virginia, which will be difficult. Um, can they? Can their style of play, can their pace win out in that game? Then they've got Pitt at home and Duke at home. Okay, so they've got some games that can boost their resume in Virginia and Duke. And then they have at Notre Dame, at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Clemson. So you're looking at their schedule here, you know, two difficult games and one, two, three, four, five very winnable games. And you look at their record right now and you're saying, okay, you know, they get to 22, 23 wins. They're going to keep them out of the NCAA tournament. I don't see it. And getting healthy, having their entire team out there on the floor, Steve Forbes, phenomenal coach. This team will be a tough out in the NCAA tournament, a really tough out. And yeah, uh, I, I just don't – I think with their schedule, they're going to get to 22, 23 wins. I think they're in. Yeah, if they everybody should Virginia or Duke. They got to beat. They got to win those games. They got to beat one of the two of them in my. Well, that's opinion. the key. That's the yes. key, though. That these games now, you lose at Virginia Tech or at Notre Dame. These You're are out. bad losses right now. Everything other that's, than Duke, yeah. Carolina, Virginia is now considered kind of a bad loss because you, none of these teams really the bubble, have any shot of getting the NCAA tournament. And if you're on the bubble and you lose to a bad team and it's a bad loss, you're out. I, I tell people this story all the time. My last year at UMass, we lost to Dayton uh, in the A-10 tournament. It was my last game as a head coach. Dayton was on the bubble pretty much that entire year. This was Deron Holmes's freshman year. They were good. Malachi Smith was good. Holmes was good. Like they, like Anthony had them back, and they go on the road and they lose to LaSalle and Tom Gola Arena. That loss knocked them out. Yeah. Like you cannot yeah. lose to bat, like you know, to the bottom tier teams in your league right now. If you're on the bubble, yeah. you can't do it because it's going to knock you out. Bottom line. Can't lose bad games. Goodman, uh, over at BetMGM, North Carolina is minus 500 right now to win the ACC. I mean, Duke still obviously, you know, is going to get them at home. Um, is that a little is that a little pricey right now? Could you could you entertain Duke storming in here and making this interesting? No, I'll entertain Tony Bennett storming in here and making things interesting because oh. uh, Carolina has oh. still got to go. Uh, to Virginia uh, on February 24th. And if they lose that game, who knows? All bets are off. I mean, remember, Tony Bennett has owned the regular season in the ACC for the last decade now, overall. Over Kay when he was here, over Roy, killed Bayheim. I mean, like, it wasn't even close for the most part. So uh, I've now honestly come around to the fact that honest, Tony Bennett could win this league again. It's interesting. Yeah, it does. It does. It does feel like Virginia. Like nobody's quite talking about them yet, and I I understand why. But you just look up and like, oh, they win again. You know, starting to kind of feel that way, Matt. Thirty seconds or less, buddy. It's and the reason that nobody talks about them is the style of play. That's the only reason because all they do is win games. That's it. Who cares if they're playing in the fifties? It doesn't matter. Who cares if it's not the style of basketball that we all like. We love the ball being flown up and down the floor and a thousand threes going up and the games being scored in, you know, the eighties and nineties. And you, you think Kentucky fans right now wouldn't take that defense? You bet your tail they would. You bet their tail they would. 
any team no in America. Any you team can, in America. You can All say right. that. It's okay. You can say that. We're going to take a break and talk about that when we get back. Watch it go to 68 after dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 as we all get ready for the best month of the year, March Madness. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, you can use the bonus code FIELD150 and you will get $150 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's the best part. All you need to do is deposit and bet $5 of your hard-earned money. This is how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using the bonus code FIELD150. That's FIELD150. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure you use that bonus code FIELD150 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available in one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in Philly or New York, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create a new account in each state. It's easy, it's simple, and it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the conference tournaments and for the NCAA tournament. Bet insurance tokens college hoops odds boost and my personal favorite a nice little parlay boost here and there so download the bet mgm app and sign up today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark, uh, Sirius XM, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we are everywhere these days, only adding, only adding to the platforms where you can find us. I'm John Martin, holding it down tonight with Matt McCall and Jeff Goodman. Uh, fellas, we got a beatdown in Lubbock as Texas Tech gets it done at home, 79 to 50 fewest points 
Kansas has scored in a road game in the Bill Self era, per ESPN Stats and Info. And it's Kansas's first 20-point loss to an unranked opponent since December 22nd, 2014 at Temple. So 10 years ago, it has been 10 years since Kansas took a beat down quite like this one. Uh, I tell you what, Jeff, and you've been there, so you can speak to it. Just the, the the noise, man, the atmosphere. I was not familiar with your game, Texas Tech. That was crazy tonight. No, the United Supermarkets Arena is a top 10 atmosphere in college basketball, maybe top five right now. You know, these change year to year, obviously. Texas Tech last year wasn't very good, so I'm sure it wasn't quite as uh, crazy as it is this year. But I'll, I'll say this. Two of the top five atmospheres I've been to in the last five years have been in Lubbock, United Supermarkets Arena. Obviously, when Chris Beard came back, that's number one I've been to anywhere over the last five mm. years. Number wow. two would have been Kentucky uh, when they came into Texas Tech. That was going back maybe three years ago now. That was unbelievable as well. But listen, give Grant McCaslin credit. The job he has done has made people forget about Mark Adams. And it was a disaster last year. It needed to end. I kind of questioned the hire when they made it, when when Kirby Hocutt gave it the job to Mark Adams, the assistant. Looked good for a while. Uh, but again, I think Mark Adams is a great assistant coach, not a great head coach. And Grant McCaslin is a hell of a head coach. And again, what he's done putting this team together, he kept Pop Isaacs, who is awesome. Like he's just, he is the toughest MFR out there. He banged knees with KJ Adams, came right back in, threw a couple of the prettiest passes you're ever going to see. He just kind of picks his spots. He can make people better. He can score when he needs to. This isn't an overwhelming roster, but again, right now, Texas Tech still has a chance to win the Big 12 regular season title. They're still in the mix. Matt, Darion Williams made history tonight. First player uh, in the last 25 seasons with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 100% shooting percentage. That's from Borzello. I saw that from Borzello. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a night at the office, my friend. That's a heck of a night. And to Jeff's point, I mean, Grant McCaslin's doing an unbelievable job. I mean, to me right now, if the season ended, it's him and TJ Altsberger for Big 12 Coach of the Year, bar none. Um, the jobs that both of those guys are doing – uh, is unbelievable. I, I think for Kansas, man, they got to get to their off week. They got to get healthy. You know, I, I don't know if there's anything positive that, that Bill Self can t take out of this game. I've never seen a coach after a win on Saturday be as visibly frustrated as he was. And, look, Baylor had their chances. Kansas had some defensive lapses down that stretch. But they got Oklahoma coming this weekend, and then they get a week off, and that is a much – much needed week off they have one of the most talented starting fives in all of college basketball if you want to take a positive away from today nick timberlake you know did show he was five for seven from the field 13 points okay like this is one of the most sought after transfers in all of the offseason average 17 points per game at townsend like everybody wanted this guy let's not forget how bad uconn wanted him and they got cam spencer which is working out pretty well for them. But Timberlake, is, he's just not been who everybody thought he was going to be. And then tonight he showed some flashes, albeit they were getting, you know, beaten pretty good. But they got to get to their off week. 
get through this game on Saturday at Oklahoma and then get healthy and get back to, to who they really are as a team. Matt, I have a follow-up just on, on McCaslin because, you know, obviously first year there at Texas Tech, and I followed his career a little bit at North Texas. You know, uh, he, w- he was the coach when they knocked off Purdue, right? I mean, I'm not making that up, am I? I think that was him. Um, no, that's and, right. Yeah, and, and I just remember watching North Texas games they were grinds, you know, under under McCaslin. Yeah. They were, you know, 60 to 56, 50 to 46. Like, that's how he played in North Texas, and it was successful. And it's interesting to me to see him now at Texas Tech. It's Evolve. not like that anymore. Yeah, like, no. is that is that just – is that a personnel thing? Like, like what, what – it's obviously very successful. Like, how and why do you think he's sort of changed from what was working for him at North Texas? Well, I think, one, he's in a different league. I mean, he's in the best league in the country, okay? Like, he's not playing against, like, UTSA anymore. No disrespect to them. He's playing against the best teams in the country in this league. And he's got the personnel, and he has the horses to do it, you know? And that grinded out less possessions in a game, that worked at North Texas. And that's why they won. And that was his style and his system. You could say the same thing when he was at Arkansas State. Well, he's probably looking at it as like, hey, this is – this is big boy basketball now. This is a completely different level. I may have to adjust to how I'm used to playing or how I've coached. And look, he was an assistant coach in that league, so he knows exactly, you know, the teams in the league and how the league's played. I just think it's a credit to him. Not what, yeah. you know, so many guys, you know, take jobs and are like, it's doing it this way and this is my way. And it's my way or the highway. And no, you've got to evolve. You've got to evolve your system, your style, and continue to grow and get better every day. And that's that's what he's done, and that's why it's working. And, you know, again, him and T.J. Altsenberger, I mean, th- those are my two picks right now for Coach of the Year in this league. Yeah, uh, I think there's no doubt about it. Let's talk a little bit about the other side of this, Jeff, with Kansas. I mean, I realize that Kevin McCuller is out. I realize that Furphy banged up, but, I mean, this was embarrassing. I mean, this is 50 points. Like, is this just – is it as simple as we just got to get a couple of those guys back and right, or is there something potentially maybe a, a little more flawed underneath the surface? You know, it's crazy. I mean, nine days ago, right, nine days ago, I watched this team at Allen Fieldhouse, and you know I spent like, you know, 24 straight hours <laughs> You did. You were there for 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, I watched them, like, decapitate the Houston Cougars. I mean, they That's destroyed true. them. They made every shot. Yeah. Everything went well. They played their A-plus game. Well, today was probably their D game, right? Today was the worst. That was the best. There's somewhere in between. What they don't have is a large margin for error. And without Kevin McCuller, that shrinks it to a point where Hunter Dickinson can't have a off game like he had, and he had probably yeah. the worst game of his career. Uh, you know, Dewan Harris is a great point guard, but he needs scores around him. And when they're not scoring and, and Hunter missed bunnies, easy shots at the rim. And, and you got Furphy hitting a little bit of a wall here. I think part of it is people think about it. He, he wasn't near the top. He wasn't even really on the scouting report for the first part of the season. All of a sudden he emerges. Now he moves up the scout report. Matt knows how that is. Now teams yep. are going to guard you differently, uh, and it's it's just going to be tougher for them. Before, it was like, leave them open, right? Leave them open because you had to guard those other four guys. 
Well, now Kevin McCullough's not in the floor anymore. So yep. what are you going to do? You're going to double a Johnny Furphy. You're going to leave Timberlake wide open. And he made him. But ultimately, they got no bench, no bench. So when McCullough's out, it forces them to play that bench. And honestly, it's just not good enough. Yeah, I think as as it relates to Kansas, Matt, I mean, they – and it sometimes can be this way when you jump up so many levels. But this team is thin because they clearly expected Timberlake to make more of an impact than he's been able to make. And, I mean, he, you talk about a guy that goes from averaging 18 a game at Towson to where he, he could barely get on the floor if not for injuries. I mean, how how much – and, look, you do the best you can, and his film was good, and you expect those things to translate. But, you know, how much of this do you think is due to you know, that fit just not playing out with Timberlake in Kansas? Yeah, I, I mean, you know me. I always try to be the positive and see the positive sides of things. No, and I'm you? Looking, you? The I'm positive? At this Come on. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear one reason for every point that Timberlake averages. I want to. I'm looking at this whole situation. I'm like, okay, they're clearly banged up. This is an opportunity for some of these guys, like Timberlake, to get themselves going, like get themselves going to give this team a little more depth so they can make a push come March. And the last two games, I know Timberlake made some shots tonight, but it's just he, he hasn't done it. And to me, we've seen him do it, and he did it at Townsend. And I know it's a completely different league, but it's clearly in there. So when I'm watching him play, I, I, I think it's between his ears right now. It's between his ears for whatever reason. Yep. And you make that jump. You're at Kansas. You're playing in Allen Fieldhouse. You're, you're, you're in the fog. Man, it's, it's a, and you're in the Big 12. That's a different deal, and it can rattle you. And – some guys have handled it better than others, and I think for him it's just a mental thing. And he's got the best coach in the country, so can they work through this? They need that off week to have some of these, you know, you as know, coaches when it's they, not going well, you've got to get in the locker room and start getting your feelings out and get everybody on the same page and start talking and pour it all out there so we can go and try to make a run at this thing. So for one minute, for one day, while I was sitting at Fog Allen, last Saturday, I did feel like maybe, maybe this is going to rub off on me and maybe Kansas can win six straight after all. And then reality hit me. I left Fog Allen and I said, what the hell is wrong with me? This team cannot win six straight. They don't have the depth. They don't have it. Even with McCuller, they don't have it and they don't have enough dudes who can make plays off the bounce. They just don't have enough. Furphy's been able to, he's better. And again, I guess if Furphy plays his A game, like they can beat anybody, but they can lose to almost anybody. Yeah. That that they're not a team to me that's constructed to go on some deep run in the tournament. They're just not. And I love Dewan Harris. I think he's one of the best point guards in the country. I love watching him play. But he's limited. And like you said, like he's not a scorer and he's just not really gonna look to do that. And so I just and Fog Allen, I take him against pretty much anybody. But you got to win games on a neutral, man. You got to win games away you know what from else home. They're not doing, John. You know what else they're not doing lately that they were doing early in the year is making threes. They they shot way above their means early in the season. Everybody's like, "You're wrong," because I kind of said that before the year. I was worried about their shooting, but Hunter was making threes at a great clip. McCullough was shooting like forty something percent from three early. They've fallen off, and now yeah. Hunter can't make a three. McCullers come back down to earth a little bit. 
Uh, so they're not a good shooting. They're they're below average shooting team as a, as a group. Yep, and it's tough when you don't have that depth. So it's just it, that's college basketball. It's like whiplash. College basketball will give you whiplash because you're exactly right. That Houston game, Kansas looked unbeatable. Like that team, you know. But they also shot whatever they shot from three. You know, sixty percent from three. Furpy didn't miss. You know, so yeah, you're going to look incredible when you're uh, you know when you're making every shot from deep. All right, we got a lot more to come. It's time to get into overreaction Monday. Is Jeff Goodman going to fire John Calipari today? Are you going to do that on this air? I mean, look, it's on here. It's hey, on here. We're going to give me another one of these. I might. Who knows? All right, we'll get to it when we come back. See if Cap can keep his job. Field of sixty-eight after dark. Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph, a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first name basis these days, co-founded Autograph, he had one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all of your college hoops content you want in one place. You get articles from your favorite writers, pods from your favorite hosts, contests from your favorite creators, all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy. But instead of having to go to all these different places, it all comes to you in one spot, the autograph fandom map. But here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68, that's F68, or tap in at the link in the description below or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. All right, welcome back. After Dark, I'm Jeff Goodman here with John Martin, Matt McCall, and we just wrapped up Kansas getting absolutely lambasted uh, at Texas Tech, United Supermarkets Arena. We got another big one tomorrow night, another Big 12 game, Cincinnati at Iowa State, and uh, Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's also the place for you to store your own predictions forever. By using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. I do that all the time with Rob Doster. Go download the Vaulted app, it's spelled V-L-T-E-D, to challenge your friends. Store your predictions. Join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. Here's my Vaulted Challenge for tonight. I am going to take those Cincinnati Bearcats to win at home against T.J. Otzelberger, Matt McCall's Big 12 Coach of the Year, along with Graham McCaslin and the Iowa State Cyclones. This is a huge, huge game for Wes Miller. Uh, it's basically a pick em, but again, I'm, I'm taking the Bearcats in this game, John Martin. So make sure you go to the Vaulted app and lock in your pick, whether you agree with me or you disagree <laughs> with my Vaulted prediction. <laughs> 
Why do you pronounce it Cincinnati, bro? Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati. You did it twice. I think you I think you Cincinnati. You were like, I've taken the Cincinnati, Cincinnati band. Cincinnati. Yeah. Sorry. I think what happened Sorry. was you started feeling yourself a little too much after you stuck the lamb basted landing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just and then you're like, you can't possibly pronounce that many words correctly in a row. So you had to. Lambasted you know, is a good word. You got to get lambasted. Yeah. Have a couple more Al Allagash Whites, you'll be pretty lambasted. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, he's, he's got, he's got the fat tongue, man. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> got, got the king of England over here, man. Uh, well, anyway, that was a, that was a moment uh, that I All won't right. soon forget. Okay, it's time for everybody's favorite segment on mondays over reaction monday this is part one we have two parts okay so lock in first overreaction jeff goodman kentucky kentucky <laughs> will miss the ncaa tournament hell no they're not gonna miss the tournament uh, but they do have a big game tomorrow night at home against Ole Miss. I mean, imagine if this team loses four straight at Rupp. Like, imagine what those fans are going to do to those poor freshmen. Uh, they will boo them out of Rupp Arena if they lose tomorrow night to an Ole Miss team that, you know, has been pretty good this year. But again, talent level, talent disparity, uh, pretty significant between this Kentucky team and Chris Beard's uh, first year Ole Miss group. Um, I think they'll eventually – there's some wins. There's some easy wins in, in, in the SEC. They'll get them. I mean, listen, Arkansas is not very good right now. You still got the Vandys and Missouris. I'm not looking at their schedule right now, but they got to have a few uh, cupcakes left in the SEC right now. Um, they'll be better. They got to get McCall's boy, Trey Mitchell. They got to get him back. Now, again, he's not going to change things that much defensively. But he will give him some production in the offensive end. He'll give him a veteran presence, at least on the court, which I think can help this young team when things aren't going well. Matt, how about you? I love when he throws out the McCall McCall's boy thing that he loves. He loves to do that. That's like his stick. He he loves to do that. It is. They're not missing the tournament. They're they're, they're not missing the tournament. Um, do you know there's only two players on this team that have played every single game this year? Reed Shepard and Antonio Reeves are the only two on this team that have played every single game this year. Now, I think that when you have that amount of roster turnover where guys are in, guys are out, it usually affects you on the offensive end of the floor because you can't get into an offensive rhythm. That's not the problem with this team. They're still scoring points. The problem is on the other end of the floor. Like, I've seen them guard ball screens like 19 different ways. It's like yep. <laughs> try to simplify things for this team. And it's it's look, it's hard to say that to a Hall of Fame coach, but he's got a number of former assistant coaches on his staff that you that you know, they've all been in that seat to call plays. They gotta simplify what they're doing on the defensive end of the floor. You know, Paul B and Cardi, I had him on Sirius XM earlier today, channel eighty four that we're on right now, and he said that. He's like you know, they got to simplify things on defense. You can't guard ball screens 19,000 different ways. What are you doing on a wing pick and roll? What are you doing in the middle of the floor? This is how we're guarding it. Everybody on the team knows it. Everybody in the program knows it. And this is what they're doing because they are giving up an enormous amount of points at home. Like, think about the last three losses at home. Florida, they gave up 94. Tennessee, they gave up 103. 
and Gonzaga, they gave up 89. So it's like, what are you doing on defense right now? How are you getting stops? Because they're scoring enough points to win games. I mean, Reed Shepard, some of his finishes at the end of the Gonzaga game the other night were outstanding, but they can't yes. stop anybody. So what are they yep. doing on that end of the floor to get stops? And if they can figure that out, they can make a run in March. They're not missing the NCAA tournament. That's a that's a huge overreaction. Yeah, it would take a it would take a collapse. I mean, they have to lose out. It feels like. I mean, it's it would take something that An dramatic. Epic collapse. Yeah. Epic. To me, like, if they don't make the tournament, listen. If they don't make the tournament, I don't need another sip of this Allagash White. John Calipari will have coached his last game at Kentucky. But they are making the NCAA tournament. Well, to me, like that's the that is the question, right? Like the the, the statement to me is like, okay, you haven't made the Final Four since 2015. Is this good enough? Is is what Kentucky is ultimately going to probably land on the seed line as like you know five, six, seven, and be an underdog no, to make the eight, second nine. They could yeah, be I mean, in the eight, nine game. I mean, yes, I mean they, that's what I'm saying. Like that's. It, it, the question is, is that something that Kentucky is willing to stomach? And are they, you know, and if not, are they really willing to, you know, do what they have to do to make a change? Because, I mean, it would obviously cost 33 million. Yeah. 33 well, million. Now, well, how about, here's what how I'll say. Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Well, how about this? I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky loses in the first round. I also wouldn't be shocked if they make a deeper run than anybody else in the SEC. Neither one of those scenarios would shock me. Like, it, it would not shock me. They have the talent. They have the pieces. They've lacked consistency with who's in the game, who's in the lineup, who's playing. Like I said, only two guys have played every single game this year for them. So yep. neither one of those scenarios, I would not be shocked if they lost in the first round. Would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they make a deeper run than everybody else in the SEC. Right? Like, you know Jeff, you know this. About, you know this, though. You know what like, I was shocked about, Matt? I think, they didn't have Dillingham in, in the game in the last possession. That shocked the hell out of me. That was that was so bad. That was a, that was just a him bad not starting game. still too is a head scratcher. Like why? Like what? 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 What are we? What are we waiting? Well, on? you can't say because he doesn't defend because none of them defend. Yep, it's right. It's true. Yep. Might as well get your might as well get your studs out there. I mean, and get a bucket. Yeah. We'll go go back to the Florida game. Go back to the Florida game. The last possession of the game when they're up three. Reed Shepard completely turns his head. He turns his entire body to look at the roll guy, and Walter Clayton just simply lifts. And all of a sudden, Reed Shepard turns his head and says, oh, shit, I lost him. And the ball hits Walter Walter Clayton's hands, and now Reed Shepard's in a closeout, and it's an undisciplined closeout. He leaves his feet. Clayton takes a ball, fake sidesteps, hits a three. It's a tie game. It goes to overtime. Yep. So – like those types of things are, are what they have to get fixed and, and and holding the young guy accountable. Like when you do that, when you completely lose sight of your man with the game on the line, you got to come out. You got to come out now. I mean, unfortunately, yep. it was the last play in regulation and they end up losing in overtime. But it's just those things that like – and again, that's a that was a middle ball screen. How are you guarding that? Are you forcing the ball handler to his weak hand in the middle of the floor? Everybody knows it. Everybody's on the same page. Where's the help coming from? Where's the protection coming from? Can they get there? Because they can score enough points to make a run. I think this is one of the better jobs Cal's doing with his offense. I mean, they execute. They run a number of different sets. But they got to figure out that other end for them to do anything. 
dollar to the swear jar for you, Coach McCall. That's a dollar to the swear jar. <laughs> Don't forget that. Uh, all right, moving on here. Overreaction number two. South Carolina is going to win the SEC, Jeff Goodman. The Gamecocks. Lamont Paris. Boy. Boy. Put some respect um, on his name. Put some respect on his he's, name. He, he's the national coach of the year. He is the national coach of the year right now. Um, they were picked last in the league in the preseason. It's year two. A lot of people, myself included, were concerned that he wasn't going to be able to get it done at South Carolina, uh, especially after he took Gigi Jackson early last year, and that turned out to be kind of a, a train wreck of a season. But he's done it with transfers that really fit him and they guard and they're chipping their shoulder guys. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to go with that. They can win, that they're going to win the SEC. Can they win it? Yes. I still say it's going to be Tennessee at the end of the day. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think it's an overreaction to say that they can win it. Um, you know, as a, as a former Chattanooga head coach, I think Jeff Goodman put me on blast uh, when I got hired at UMass saying, I'm not sure this is the right job for Matt McCall being from the South and being wow, right. When Lamont, when, Lamont Paris, when Lamont Paris took South Carolina, I was kind of scratching my head saying, man, is, is right. this the right job, Lamont? Because he was doing such a great job at Chattanooga. And calling it like it is, I thought he could get a better job than South Carolina. I really did. Frank Martin's a good coach. He took South Carolina to a Final Four. Um, but I was sitting there scratching my head like, man, I, maybe Lamont should wait and wait on a better one. And flat out, I was wrong because he can coach, and he's proven right now he can coach anywhere and take any program to new heights. I don't think it's an overreaction. I'm with Jeff on Tennessee. I think at the end of the day, up winning the league my biggest concern and i've said this before on tennessee rick barnes is an unbelievable coach he's an old school coach will they have enough legs for how coach barnes is in terms of practice and how they're doing things will those guys have enough legs to make a deep run in the ncaa tournament that's my only concern with tennessee i think they win the sec but it's definitely not an overreaction to think that south carolina wins this league yeah, I, I think it's an overreaction. Uh, obviously, that I, I, that's not a that's not a negative thing, right? The idea that this is even on the screen right now is like patently absurd. In February, yes. four of their next seven. I mean, this is sort of when we're if we're charting this out. Four of their next seven are on the road, and Tennessee is you know in in uh, in South Carolina, but that's a revenge spot, right? So four of your next seven on the road, you got a revenge spot coming up against Tennessee. You know who who is a good team. Um, I think it's just a little too much to ask, but you know, that's almost separate of the accomplishments, right? That's almost separate of the season that, that this team is putting together. And um, you know, again, on a neutral site, when, when this team shows what it, what it can do on the road at Tennessee, you know, blasting Kentucky um, they could be dangerous. So I, they're definitely a team that even if they won't win the sec, I still think they're a very quality team that you will not want to see in the NCAA tournament. All right, we have a few more uh, that we're going to get to here in our overreaction Monday. Going to talk a little AAC. Uh, going to talk a little UConn. And my favorite team, I don't know if Jeff's favorite team, but certainly mine right now, Arizona, and why you should be taking them seriously, damn it. This ain't the same Arizona. All right? We'll talk about it all when we get back. You're watching Field of 68 after dark.
What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the Division One coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up and the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the fieldof68.shop. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark. Hey, uh, we're going to move over to Stadium here in about 15 minutes when we're, we're going to do Last Call. And the way that works is you guys ask us questions, and then uh, we answer them to the best of our ability. So make sure you get those questions in, uh, and we are uh, going to get that started in about 15 minutes on Stadium. All right, boys, we have a few more overreactions that we need to work through. Let's start with uh, home team, home league. One AAC team will make the NCAA tournament, and it isn't FAU or Memphis, Jeff Goodman. Imagine if this happens. Like, imagine if South Florida is the only team that reps the um, the AAC. Um, uh, man, it would be it would be incredible. You have to blow it, it up. Would be, you have to blow I, it up. You have I to don't want to see actually. it. No. The league should disband. The league should yeah. fold with the Pac-12. If this happens, no, no schools there should, should actually be no more indoor sports. No more Division One right. competition. That's it. That's it. You are done. Mike Oresco is Oresco. Isn't he on the way? No, out he's gone. Too? He's leaving. He's like, he 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 saw the right on the wall, man. Right. 
The, the swan song of Mike Oresco is the shit show of the AAC. Um, because Memphis has been terrible. FAU, and, and you know McCall, like I love him almost as much as you do. But, man, what is going on with Elijah Martin over the last month? Like Nelly has been incredible. Elijah just has not been, and Vlad Golden hasn't been what we saw early on in the season. Like, what is going? Like, don't give me the coach speak now. I want, I want the <laughs> truth. I want the truth of what the hell is going on with FAU. Well, first of all, I'm not going to give you the coach speak. I know you think I'm going to give you the coach speak, but I'm not going to give you the coach speak. I thought yesterday in overtime was the first time where I was like, okay, since the Arizona game. This team is back. They they closed that game out yesterday in overtime like we saw them do on their run through the NCAA tournament last year. Vlad Golden was terrific yesterday. Elijah Martin drilled a huge three in overtime, and it was kind of like, okay, man, I, I see it. Like they're, they're 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 back. Like that's that's the team that we're used to seeing. I think expectations have been hard to deal with for this group. I've been saying it all Dude, year. It was talking about a team State. that did. This was a shitty Wichita State team. They should have never been in that position. Still on the road. It was still on oh, the road. Come on. It's, it's a difficult environment. Come on. I mean, come on. Can I come make on. my point? Were you going to cut no. me off? Can you make it? No, you had Cincinnati, me. Man? No. You had me until, until you said they're back. I think, too, the other piece of it is these guys are like, can we just get to the tournament? Can we just get to that the tournament? That I can buy. That I, I think that that, that, is, that has been part of the issue with this yeah, bunch. Yeah. I really do. And the expectation piece. This, like you're talking about, they went to the Final Four at FAU. Like, I think they went to one tournament before, and it was Sydney Green, and they were probably a 15 or 16 seed when they went. So, like, never been done there before. These guys are having to deal with that. They all come back. They all run it back when they all could have gone other places and I'm sure they're still all getting hit right now. So there's a lot that's gone into this that, you know, going into the season, it's, it's difficult for everybody to deal with, but I, I thought the overtime yesterday was a step in the right direction. Let's put it that way. But I think it's a complete overreaction. Can we put some respect on Amir Abdurrahim though, what he's doing at USF? For sure. Because that's Thanks. another one. Great when job. he took the job, job, I'm sitting there going, Man, can he get a better job than USF? Because it's been a long time since anyone's had any level of success at that school. Anyone. And he's got them in first place right now. That's impressive, man. I think it's just real quick here. I think it could be a, a one bid league, but it, it won't be South Florida because their metrics are so bad that they have no prayer, unfortunately, of getting in as an at large. Again, not to take away, as you said, Matt from what uh, Amir Abdurrahim is doing. That's that's not been a job in Tampa that's had a lot of success recently. Um, and so there's not a ton of tradition. So he comes in and, you know, he's he's obviously already turned it around. But their metrics and their net ratings and everything is just so bad that unless they win the AAC tournament, they're not getting in. And obviously that distinction is most likely going to belong to FAU or the University of Memphis. So I, I, I do think if a FAU wins the AAC tournament, it will definitely be a – one big league for sure, uh, but it will not be uh, USF getting it as much as Jeff Goodman wants to see that. He's like he's like Heath Ledger. He just wants to see chaos with his head out the window. Uh, but it ain't going to be USF. 
like it. It'd be kind of entertaining, actually. Uh, okay, moving on. The next seven days will decide the Big East. Jeff Goodman. Well, UConn plays Marquette uh, next Saturday afternoon. That that's going to be a huge one. I just don't think anybody, and, and and I love Tyler Kolick more than probably Tyler Kolick's, Kolick's family loves Tyler Kolick. Uh, but I would say there's no catch in this, this Huskies team. Uh, they're going to win the Big East. They're the best team as long as they stay healthy. And even when they haven't been healthy, they're still the best team. I mean, think about it. They haven't had Klingon. Caravan was hurt at the beginning of the year. Uh, they, Castle was hurt at the beginning of the year. I still say, and I told this to Robbie Hummel on our podcast this morning, I think Castle's a top five pick in this NBA draft. I really do. And I think he's just going to get better and better and better. Uh, even, And I think he's the type of guy who's going to rise to the occasion when the NCAA tournament comes around. You can just see it with him. Like, he is, he is yep. fearless. He's mentally tough and physically tough. Yeah, I'm with Jeff. I, I just think this is a one-horse race right now, and I, I'm, I love Tyler Kolick too. I, you know, I, I mean, UConn and Marquette are clearly the two best teams in the league, but UConn's in a class of their own. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter who's in the lineup. I mean, Caravan's been out, and they still – the ship just keeps rolling. It just keeps rolling. I've said this. I've said it before on SiriusXM. My biggest concern with UConn is just the fact that with how the league is this year, outside of the injuries to Klingon and, and Caravan missing some games, they just haven't faced that adversity. And I always go back, and because we're, we're talking about them going back-to-back. -back. That's what we're talking about. And I always go back to that 07 National Championship team at Florida. We lost three out of four games in league, and it was not going well. I mean, we got blown out at Tennessee, the court storm at Vanderbilt. Like it wasn't going well. Lose to LSU was having a really bad year that year. Like we we went through some adversity during that that brought us together at the end of February to be able to go on a run and, and go back to back. That's my only concern with UConn. I think it's them and Purdue, and they're in the class of their own in terms of teams in the country. But I think in the Big East, it's UConn and UConn only. Yeah, the the it, it, the next seven days will not decide the Big East because. It's already been decided for all the reasons that you just laid out, Matt. It is it is UConn, uh, and, and it is UConn's league alone. All right, last one here before we get to toast of the night, fellas. Arizona is a title contender again. I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I don't think they're a title contender, and here's why. Um, because you're full of shit. I just shit. don't trust – I don't trust Caleb Love. Like, I trust him to be able to get him, like, deep in the tournament like he did at Carolina a couple of years ago. But I think it's it's one of those things where, again, eventually that shot selection will bite you. And it's better this year. It's better. I just think when you're going to rely on him, which they do, he's going to have some nights where he'll, he'll carry you. He might get you to the Sweet 16. But then I think he's going to have one of those nights where he goes, you know, two for 15, something like that. And are, are the other guys able to pick up? Are, is he able to understand when he's having one of those nights and be able to spread it around because they've got enough around him 
unlike at Carolina uh, last season, that you got Paolo, you got Larson, you got Boswell, you got Keyshawn Johnson. You got enough around you that if you understand it, you can get those guys easy baskets because you attract so much attention. Number one offense in the country, or number two offense in the country, number one in field goals attempts. So they get more shots up than anybody else in the country. They get more shots up. And when James Naismith decided to invent this game and he put the peach basket up there, the name of the game was score more points than the other team. And that's what this team can do. That's what that's what this team can do. They get up more field goal attempts than anybody in the country, and then the number two offense in the country averaging 90 points per game. They've got the personnel. They've got guard play. They've got a good front court player. Now, my only question is they're not being pushed in their league. Their league's not very good. The league's getting ready to evaporate. It's getting ready to just disintegrate and go up into outer space and never to be talked about again. Okay, they're, they're not playing anybody right now. That's my only concern. But with how they score it, how they move it, how they share it, and they get more field goal attempts than anybody, don't be shocked if they're in Phoenix. Do not be shocked. I will follow Caleb Love into the abyss, and that abyss will end in, in Phoenix. They're going to the Final Four. I feel so confident about it. Everybody in the world had them lose to Colorado. Oh, two days after they played a triple overtime game against Utah. There's no way they're going to be able to handle that elevation. They whipped Colorado's ass up and down the court. Was it Arizona that wasn't ready for the elevation, or was it Eddie Lampkin, my man? You got, you, you, you got a more, way think. more money in the swear jar than I do tonight. You got way yeah, more money in the swear jar. I do. Okay. I do. Keep uh, unanimous toast of the night, Texas Tech. Can we all agree? I mean, that was a historic beatdown. Right, we're kind of out of time. So cheers to Texas Tech, toast to you guys. We're moving over to stadium. Thanks for kicking it with us here on a Monday night. For Jeff Goodman, for Matt McCall, I'm John Martin. We'll catch you on stadium.